Hi everyone, this is Kelly bringing you the news you want to hear. Today we are going to be talking about the truth about anxiety and I'm going to be offering you some insights from a neuronutritionist. Now did you realize that there is an intricate connection between food and anxiety? So yeah, diet has a considerable effect on mental health and anxiety. Now, it may not come as a surprise that the food we consume can significantly impact our anxiety levels. It can either worsen or alleviate it. But what you may not realize is that anxiety isn't always a bad thing. It can serve as a powerful incentive for success. So I'm going to be doing a two-part series, a special two-part seri series where we are going to dive into the complex relationship between nutrition, brain function, and emotional well-being in order to offer some valuable insights into a critical issue that we are facing in society today. So in this podcast, we'll uncover two surprising truths about anxiety, and we'll look at how food can negatively impact our mental well-being. Then be sure to check back next time for part two when we consider the best foods to choose. So first, the truth about anxiety. Many people who experience anxiety believe it to be a bad thing. And in many cases, that may be true. But when we start to understand what anxiety actually is and why it shows up, then our perspective on anxiety can change. So let me reveal two little known secrets about anxiety. First, anxiety can be a positive thing. And second, anxiety is one way our brain shows us love and that our lives matter. Let me explain. First, let's take a look at the benefits of anxiety. When we harness it appropriately, anxiety can provide the fuel to help us strive for excellence and overcome challenges. It gives us an adrenaline boost, increases motivation, improves productivity, and boosts our overall performance. Now, as unpleasant and difficult as anxiety can be, if it's appropriate and proportionate to the circumstances in which it arises, then situational anxiety can have a positive impact. Now, think about this. Think about a time when you felt you were under pressure and a little anxious. Maybe before a big exam or a job interview or before giving a presentation or a performance. You might have gotten butterflies in your stomach, sweaty palms, maybe even a lump in your throat. Perhaps you couldn't sleep well the few days before the event. These feelings and sensations motivated you to work harder to prepare for the event. And when it was time for the event, those physiological traits of anxiety, when we enter that fight or flight mode, will help improve our ability to perform. It'll give us that burst of strength and increase our alertness in the moment. This is referred to as situational anxiety, and it includes an appropriate level of anxiety for the given situation. That means that the right amount of anxiety can help us do better, 
as long as we're able to keep our anxiety under control using self-care methods that work best for us. We can start to use anxiety to our advantage and experience its benefits. Okay, so one truth about anxiety is that it is not always a bad thing. A second truth about anxiety is that it serves a purpose. Understanding why anxiety shows up and what it's designed to do can have a huge impact on our perception of it. So the big question here is, why does anxiety appear? Well, to bottom line it for you, anxiety serves a purpose. It's built into our primitive origins as a system to warn us of impending danger or a perceived threat. Anxiety shows up to alert us to danger. That's because the brain has one main job in life, which can also be a well-kept secret, uh, but that job is to keep us alive. When the brain senses danger, it uses anxiety to sound the alarm. It wants us to be safe and stay alive at all costs. So because anxiety is hardwired into our neurons, it can be extremely difficult to shut off. Evolution has designed it to be this way so that our brains will look for potential threats, be ready to sound the alarm, and then spring to action when danger is perceived. And that initial burst of anxiety keeps us in a heightened state of alertness so that we can react fast. Think about how quickly you respond when you need to avoid a traffic accident or when you leap up to grab a falling glass. These kinds of knee-jerk reactions occur in a split second and are done without us having to put conscious thought into them. And then after the fact, we're going to feel our heart pounding and our mind racing as we replay the event and the effects of the adrenaline boost we just received start to wear off. But what about vague, unfocused anxiety. Can this be valuable? Well, bottom line, yes. Even a low level of anxiety can be helpful because it is still working as an alarm bell, perhaps not so loudly or overt. But it's there to bring our attention to a problem that we might not be fully aware of, or to help us focus on thoughts or on a big decision like changing cities or careers or buying a house. And if we didn't experience any anxiety over life-changing decisions such as these, then we'd breeze through them with minimal thought or consideration. And that might potentially leave us missing out on something important or something better. Wendy Suzuki, who is a professor of neuroscience and psychology at New York um, University's Center for Neuroscience says this, anxiety evolved to help protect us. We need to recalibrate our level of anxiety to get it back to that level where it is super protective for us. And this is what I say to you. This is why anxiety exists, to provide protection and to keep us alive. And if we can remember that, the next time we feel anxiety creeping in, and if we can remind ourselves that there's a reason why it's present, then we can start to use it to our advantage.
Now, of course, these strategies will work best for people who experience mild situational or occasional anxiety. They might not be as effective for those dealing with severe anxiety, generalized anxiety disorder, or OCD. Now, for these people, when anxiety starts to exceed proportional levels, then professional support or interventions are often warranted. This might also be a good time to also add in or remind you that this information is intended for general purposes only, not to substitute professional medical advice. So always seek the help of your uh, medical service practitioner for your unique case. All right, coming back to this information about neuronutrition, food. So how can we link food for the brain and anxiety? Well, food can play a crucial role in helping regulate anxiety levels. Now, throughout the pandemic, there was a massive increase in processed food sales. There was also a huge increase in anxiety levels. Coincidence or correlation? Well, the answer is somewhat complicated, but yeah, the shift in dietary habits that we saw over the last few years has definitely raised concerns about its contribution to escalating anxiety levels. But examining the broader societal, social, and environmental factors that intersect with dietary choices is really important to completely address or comprehensively take a look at anxiety. Now, these insights serve as a reminder that a holistic approach to addressing anxiety must also encompass an understanding of dietary influences, societal dynamics, and neurological processes that, and that there is an intricate connection between food and mental health. So when we create that greater awareness of the impact of food on anxiety, individuals and communities can then strive towards cultivating healthier dietary habits and promoting mental well-being. Now, the profound implications of so social isolation and distancing measures that happened during the pandemic also shed a light on the increased incidences of anxiety in the modern world, for sure. Plus, there have been some compelling studies that have revealed that people who did not contract COVID-19 still experienced neuroinflammation in the brain, and that has been associated with heightened anxiety. So that also emphasizes the impact of external factors like global health crises on mental health outcomes. Now, this is, <laughs> this is a big topic. We're leading down a rabbit hole here. It could definitely lead to an entire discussion on its own. Plus, the fact that I am a neuronutritionist, I'd like to direct our focus on what we can do about what can we do about this? Well, we have the choice of what we put on our fork. So to help better understand the connection between dietary habits and mental health, we are going to dive into exactly how diet plays a pivotal role in modulating anxiety levels. But since this is a big topic, and I would like to give it the attention that it deserves, I will detail this all out in part two of this special series. So be sure to keep a lookout for the next podcast, 
when we are going to be taking a look at what foods to lose and what foods to choose that work to support mental wellness and reduce anxiety. In the meantime, if you would like some personalized support or are ready to learn more about neuronutrition and how to use the right foods to nourish your brain, then please reach out. You can find me on email at kelly at happyhuman.com. And as always, that is happy with an eye. Thank you so much for listening today. I really appreciate you being here with me. I hope you learned something valuable in this podcast today. And don't forget to join me next time for part two of this series. And until then, stay happy and healthy.